Welcome to the Bible Truth Podcast with Ron and Tim Reynolds, pastors and Bible teachers. Pastor Ron and Pastor Tim combined for more than 70 years of teaching and preaching God's Word. Listen now as they share the eternal truths of the Bible. Okay, we continue with uh, Jesus being, um, uh, you might say, accused by the Jewish leaders uh, of, uh, of blasphemy. And we pick it up in John chapter 10, verse 32. Jesus answered them, Many good works have I showed you from the Father, from my Father. For which of those works do you stone me? See, they they said in verse uh, verses 31 and 32, uh, that uh, the Bible says they took up stones to stone him. Now, they had done this once before. And uh, so Jesus uh, says to him, in essence, so what's one of the miracles, what's one of the works are you stoning me for? Uh, and uh, he says, uh, uh, the, the Bible says, the Jews answered him, saying, for a good work we stone thee not but for blasphemy, and because that thou, being a man, makest thyself God. So they're going to kill Jesus because they believe he is blaspheming God uh, by making the statement that uh, he and the Father are one. Uh, of course, he was not blaspheming God. He was telling the truth, but uh, they would not accept that. And so they, they tell him, uh, because you make yourself God. Well, he didn't make himself God. He was God, <clears throat> but he was also man. Of course, they did not understand that. Verse 34, Jesus answered them, is it not written? Now, this is, this is interesting here uh, because uh, uh, it's referring to something that was said in the book of Psalms, Psalm 82, verse 6. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said, ye are gods? <laughs> now, th th this is really good because here Jesus uh, is saying, in essence, I'm the one that said that. I'm the one that, that said Psalm 82, verse 6. Well, look at it. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said, he didn't say God said or David said, he says, I said, ye are gods, if he called them gods, unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, say ye of him whom the Father hath sanctified and sent unto the world, thou blasphemest, because I said, I am the Son of God? If I do the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, though you believe me not, believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. So Jesus here quotes Psalm 82, verse 6, where Jehovah God had, had said to the uh, Jewish leaders at that time, during in the Old Testament, during the time of David, that... Uh, that they were representatives of God. It doesn't mean they were gods as far as being little gods. It means they were representative of God, just like we're not Christ, but we're called Christians. We're representatives of Christ. 
but they had abused their position as uh, the spiritual leaders of Israel. And uh, so Jesus, uh, in essence, is saying if God called them gods, and even though it was Jesus <laughs> claiming deity, when, when he says there, uh, I said you are gods, but he says, if God call them gods, are you therefore saying, he whom the Father has sanctified and sent into the world blasphemes because I said, I am the Son of God? In other words, why do you accuse me of blasphemy uh, if God called your forefathers gods? Well, I'm sure by this time uh, they were getting puzzled look on their faces. Uh, so he goes on to say the scripture cannot be broken, which literally means the scripture cannot be be annulled, disannulled. You can't change it. So in applying Psalm 82, 6 to them, Jesus reminded that they could not ignore the scripture. What the scripture said is what the scripture said. And how are they going to uh, defend that? Uh, and of course, Jesus there in verse 38, uh, once again, claims his uh, equality with God, his deity. Well, it didn't go over very well because the Bible says, therefore they sought again to take him, but he escaped out of their hand. Now, uh, this is something that uh, is hard to explain. We, we cannot explain it. Because when the Bible says they sought again to take him, but he escaped out of their hand, it implies something must have happened where they didn't see him escape. You say, well, he just ran away and blended into the rest of the people. Well, that, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense either. Uh, but when they, they sought to take him, he escaped out of their hand. How did he do that? I suppose that's the, uh, the question. Uh, it looks like he just got up and disappeared into the crowd somehow. You mean nobody saw him? Well, as I said, it's, it's unexplainable because we don't know really what happened. It could be, here's the possibility. It could be that Jesus had the ability to, even before his resurrection, he had the ability to make himself invisible or visible. And so if he made himself invisible, they wouldn't have known what, what happened to him. Now that's one possibility. I don't know that for sure. It could be that he, uh, that he suspended time and uh, they were in a time suspension where he was able to escape because they were in what we might call suspended animation. Now, I know this sounds far out, but think about this. If Jesus was able to raise the dead like he would do, in, like he will do in John chapter 11 with Lazarus, and he was able to make the blind see and turn the water into wine, then why couldn't he make himself invisible? Or why couldn't he uh, suspend animation? I mean, both of them are miraculous. Well, we don't know. And uh, it's anybody's uh, I don't guess. I guess that's the only way you can say it. Uh, they sought to, to take him and kill him, and he just was gone. 
And the Bible says, and went away again beyond Jordan into the place where John at first baptized, and there he abode. So Jesus escapes from uh, these people that want to kill him, these Jewish leaders, and uh, he goes back to where John first was doing the baptizing. Uh, of course, uh, uh, at this time, John was already already gone. Verse 41 says, And many resorted unto him, unto Jesus, and said, um, John did no miracle, but all things that John spake of this man were true. And many believed on him there. Well, John the Baptist, of course, did not perform any miracles, but uh, it uh, implies here that uh, the people believed on Jesus uh, there. Uh, when he went back to the place where John was doing his baptizing, that's where John's earlier ministry had been. I think the implication here is that John had prepared the people to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, John the Baptist said, he must increase, I must decrease. Uh, and so these people that believed on him there, in verse 42, and many believed on him there, uh, John had done a good job of conditioning them spiritually so that they would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ um, as, uh, as their Savior. And uh, so uh, John's work and his ministry was certainly not in vain. He was the one that prepared the way for the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, now then we're going to begin at verse 1 of chapter 11 of the book of John. And of course, uh, near the end of this chapter, uh, we'll see Jesus raising Lazarus, his friend, from the dead. Let's begin at verse 1. Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. Now, Bethany, of course, was a, 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 a village, a, a small town uh, that uh, was not too far from Jerusalem. And there lived uh, Lazarus and his two sisters, Martha and Mary. Now, they had become good friends with Jesus. Jesus, you know, had friends like everyone else has, and these were his best friends. Uh, they probably visited a lot, and they may have been all near the same age. Uh, and then verse 2 says, It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So we have the identification of what Mary this is here, because, you know, there was Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Mary Magdalene, and, and, and different Marys, I think four different Marys in the Bible. So this is the one that, you know, that took the expensive uh, ointment and anointed Jesus with it. Verse 3, <clears throat> Therefore his sisters sent unto him, unto Jesus, uh, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, The sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now, what Jesus is saying here is that he uh, is, that, that God is allowing Lazarus to be sick so that Jesus can heal him uh, 
and, and bring him back to life, not healing, but but, res- but raising from the dead, and bring him back to life so people can see that and and uh, uh, they can, it will authenticate that Jesus is of God. So that's the purpose of Lazarus' uh, death. And we'll see in, in, in a little bit that he did physically die. Uh, evidently, he was a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. So um, we'll see that uh, uh, that Jesus will raise him from the dead here a little later. Verse 5, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Now, that shows us once again that Jesus was real. He was a real human being that had real friends. And uh, the word love here is... Uh, in the Greek, uh, agape love. So it's talking about a love that is deeper than just a friendship. Uh, He loved them with an everlasting, unconditional love like God has, because he he is God. He was God. Okay, verse 6. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, when Jesus had heard that Lazarus was sick, Notice this, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Well, one would think that if he loved Lazarus like he said he did, that he would have dropped everything and immediately went to uh, Bethany and uh, where Lazarus was, but he didn't. He stayed there two days. Then after that, saith he to his disciples, after two days, let us go into Judea again. His disciples, verse 8, say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Now, let's back up here a little bit. And first of all, notice that it was two days he stayed in the same place. There are some that believe, some Bible scholars that believe these two days are are representative of the 2,000 years that Jesus has been gone and that the uh, resurrection of uh, or the raising of Lazarus from the dead is symbolic of the uh, first resurrection when Jesus comes back in the rapture. The rapture and the first resurrection are the same thing and uh, that uh, two days is symbolic to 2,000 years. You know, the Bible says a day with the Lord is a 1,000 years, and a 1,000 years is a day. So it's an interesting, interesting uh, interpretation. But he stayed there for two more days, which probably seems strange to to the other people around him. And uh, then he says to them, uh, I'm going to, let's go to Judea again. And so his disciples uh, they kind of protest. They say, y- you're going to go back there? Don't you remember those people tried to stone you, wanted to kill you last time you were, were there? And uh, so they're kind of protesting. Uh, they're thinking of Jesus' safety. Verse 9, Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. Well, he's talking here in spiritual terms. He's using a physical term, uh, physical terms to uh, uh, darkness and light to represent 
people who have the light, saved people, and those who are in spiritual darkness, unsaved people. But the Jewish day was 12 hours, and he's saying, look, uh, you have 12 hours to get done what you're going to do. Uh, in other words, you have the light of day when you do your active things and things that you must accomplish uh, because uh, of a night, uh, it's a time to rest and you can't uh, get much done of a night. So he's also inferring here that his his days, uh, as far as his days before his crucifixion, are, are limited uh, because it won't be long until he will be crucified. Uh, he calls it many times, my hour has not yet come. Uh, and uh, I think the bottom line here is that Jesus is saying to us what Paul said, we need to redeem the time. We need to take advantage of the time that God gives us here on earth. Uh, especially as Christians, we need to take advantage of all the time he gives us to glorify God. Because uh, once this life is over with, if we've been saved, we'll have eternal life. But if we're not saved, uh, we'll die eternally, according to the Bible, eternal death. Verse 11, these things said he, and after that he saith unto them, our friend Lazarus sleepeth. But I go that I may awake him out of his sleep. Then said his disciples, verse 12, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. If he's just sleeping, that's probably good for him. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death. But they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest in sleep. Now, there's not a contradiction here, uh, because here Jesus uh, is implying that he's dead, and uh, a couple of verses back, he said that he wasn't dead. The The answer to the seeming contradiction is that Lazarus was a believer. And, of course, Jesus said, if you, if you believe on me, you'll never die. Well, you will die physically, but not spiritually. Uh, and here uh, he's saying that Lazarus is asleep because... When the Bible talks about believers dying, it always reads first to them as sleeping. Unbelievers, they're dead. But believers, uh, when talking about death, it always uses the word sleepeth. There might be some, some uh, passages that are different, but most all of them, uh, when referring to a believer uh, physically dying, the Bible referred to them as sleeping. Matter of fact, in First Corinthians, First Thessalonians, chapter four, says that uh, those who sleep in Jesus will Christ bring with him. First uh, uh, Thessalonians, chapter four. So, when a believer dies, we just go to sleep in Jesus because he's going to raise us from the dead. Now, verse fourteen. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, <coughs> "Excuse me, Lazarus is dead." Because they they just did not have the spiritual understanding at this time. And so he just has to come out and say he's dead. And then he makes a statement that's interesting. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. To the intent, in other words, in order that 
you may believe, nevertheless, let us go unto him. So Jesus is saying, uh, I'm glad I wasn't there uh, to prevent him from, from dying, because now I can do a miracle, and it will strengthen the faith of you, you disciples. And then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, and to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. <laughs> Old negative Thomas. You know, it's, it was Thomas that doubted uh, that Jesus really had risen from the grave. Well, here you see, you know, he always looked on the dark side of things. He was the eternal um, uh, pessimist. Uh, Thomas was. He he must have been from uh, Missouri because he had to be showed everything. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, he says, we'll just die with him. He, he's going to die when he goes there, Jesus is. So let's just all go and we'll all die together. Boy, doesn't that cheer you up? Well, uh, that's what he said. <laughs> uh, I'm going to stop right there at verse 16, and we'll pick it up at verse 17 in our next session. You've been listening to the Bible Truth Podcast with your host pastors, Tim and Ron Reynolds. They can be contacted on the Mount Vernon Baptist Temple Facebook page, or you may send Pastor Tim an email to T-I-M-R-E-Y-1 at hotmail.com. Or if you prefer, mail correspondence to Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Again, that's Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois 62864. Thank you for listening.